I'm Tom Tate, and this is the Power Time Podcast. Hey, what's up, Power Players? Welcome back to another episode, episode two of the Power Time Podcast. I am your host and guide, Tom Tate. I am taking you on an audio journey through the history of Nintendo by way of every issue of Nintendo Power Magazine. So for this episode, let's warp back to 1988 uh, so we can check out issue number two, the September-October issue of Nintendo Power Magazine, which is still the source for NES players straight from the pros. Uh, so this cover of issue number two is pretty gruesome. Uh, so the featured game is Castlevania II Simon's Quest. Uh, and we are uh, we're greeted with a, an image of Simon Belmont, the protagonist from Castlevania II, holding the severed head of Dracula. Uh, and there's a castle, sort of a castle in the background, uh, some mountains in the background, and a skull uh, at the bottom of, of the page. Uh, for a child's magazine, I, I thought I thought that was, this this is pretty gruesome. I, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, so we have Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, 14 pages of gory details, Bionic Commando, Monster Review plus fold-out poster, more Super Mario Brothers 2, and powerful pointers from the programmers and pros. So a fun fact about this cover of issue two in issue 50 of Nintendo Power, this will be referenced as the worst cover. Castlevania 2 Volume 2 showed Simon Belmont holding Dracula's head. Kids had nightmares, and so did our phone reps who dealt with the complaints. Uh, so here we have a children's magazine giving children nightmares. Uh, so check out powertimepodcast.com slash two for the show notes for this episode, and I'll have an, an image up there so you, you can actually check out what I'm referencing here. On the inside cover, so let's turn the page, open up this this magazine. On the inside cover, we have a very 90s-looking kid uh, surfing with sunglasses and a backwards cap, and he's holding dozens of game boxes with the headline Tidal Wave, announcing over 100 titles on the NES, possibly in response to a user question in issue one where someone was asking about you know all these titles that they heard existed but they weren't able to find. Um, that they heard uh, Howard Phillips had the collection of maybe 300 games, uh, but you know, was it possible to get those games in the stores and when were they going to show up in the store? So uh, here is Nintendo saying, hey, we have a lot of titles and, and, and our catalog is strong, our library is strong, uh, reminiscent of the back cover of the last issue too. Okay, so this is too good not to share. Brace yourselves for the Nintendo Insiders calendar. So in issue two, we have this fold-out calendar that starts in September of 1988, and it takes us to June of 1989. So for the first few months, it revealed some of the titles coming out. Uh, So remember, we didn't have release dates back then. So it would just say, look out for these games this month. And it looks like, you know, Zelda 2 in December, Um, which actually in issue one was announced as October. So the history of delays goes way, way back. 
Uh, but what gets me the most is that in this calendar, uh, it features popular holidays, national and religious. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, kind of Catholic and Jewish holidays listed here. Uh, a lot of fun facts and celebrity birthdays. Uh, the celebrity birthdays really cracked me up. So if you wanted to know, you know, when the anniversary of the ice cream cone was or what date the Gettysburg Address was delivered, Nintendo's definitely got your back with this fold out calendar. If you wanted to know when Yom Kippur or Passover started, Nintendo's got your back. And this really amazes me. If you wanted to know when Michael J. Fox or George Michael or Steven Spielberg's birthday was, Nintendo has your back there too. Uh, they even have a blurb here. U2's Bono turns 29. And on January 23rd, Nintendo's own Howard Phillips and Super Mario celebrated her birthday. Uh, so this whole thing is an absolute riot. Uh, around Thanksgiving, there's an image of Mario wearing a traditional pilgrim's hat, uh, possibly holding a hammer or an axe going after a turkey. Uh, around Christmas, there's a picture of Mario uh, dressed up as Santa Claus. Uh, February 14th, Mario with some hearts around him. Uh, so really, really bizarre, but awesome super 80s calendar from Nintendo. I'd love to get my hands on a physical copy. So let's dig right into the contents for issue number two. The first featured game is Bionic Commando. Uh, this was a classic from Capcom released in 1987, I believe, in the arcade. Uh, and then later it was ported uh, in 1988 for the NES. Absolute great game. Uh, I, I remember playing uh, Bionic Commando a lot the tagline here, Nintendo Power, destroy the hidden underground laboratory of the mad scientists. So this actually received a cool sequel in 2009 on a few platforms, and I gave it a go on Xbox 360. So, so the original Bionic Commando was a side-scrolling platformer where you played as a commando tasked with saving Super Joe, who's been captured by some Imperial Army-like enemies. And the core feature of this game was his grappling arm. Uh, so we have some maps and tutorials here, uh, some strategies to win the game, uh, some cool illustrations uh, from the game, uh, different characters, and overall just a lot of great content. They really did a great job uh, showcasing Bionic Commando and getting people hyped for this game. So next we have Life Force, and Life Force receives uh, you know three or four full spreads, uh, full page spreads here. Uh, Life Force, again, I mentioned this last uh, episode. I never played Life Force, but it looks awesome. Just, uh, I guess it's a side-scrolling action-adventure shooter. Uh, you know, your typical space shooter, but it looks really good. looks really challenging, judging from the screenshots. Uh, but there's a lot of tips and tricks. Uh, but mostly, this just looks like a promo for Life Force, uh, which is cool because it looks like a great game. And uh, I'm definitely going to uh, pop this in. I think it's available on the 3DS Virtual Console. So I'm going to check that out and see if I can get a copy uh, and play some Life Force.
the mists of time part and ancient evil gloom descends and our hero, the brave and noble Simon, learns of a new and dangerous quest from a gentle princess. You have defeated Dracula, yet you carry his evil curse, she warns Simon. Your only hope is to search out the five parts of Count Dracula, take them to his castle, and burn them. Now, as Simon, you must take up this quest. As the princess departs in a veil of mist, she offers words of hope. Fear not, brave Simon, for if you have the courage to risk your life, you will find the strength to defeat the monster of Castlevania, Count Dracula, once again. This is Castlevania II, Simon's Quest. So the cover of Simon's Quest is featured here uh, in Nintendo Power, and the cover is super, super dope. I remember this cover uh, for for the box art for, for Simon's Quest. It's, you know, Simon Belmont with the whip. You have Dracula off in the distance. Uh, and here's, you know, just a little Wikipedia history. This is the direct sequel, of course, to Castlevania, uh, obviously. It was developed by Konami. It was released in 1988. You control Simon Belmont, the protagonist from the first game. Uh, Dracula's body was split into five parts, and you need to find them and bring them back to his castle to fully defeat him and break the curse. So I learned a lot about Simon's Quest. Uh, I've never played it, so this was a new title for me. So reading through the pages of Nintendo Power was definitely a learning experience. I always thought that Simon's Quest was kind of a linear side-scrolling action game like the original Castlevania. Uh, And I had Castlevania 2 for Game Boy, which was very much a a linear side-scrolling Castlevania title. But I learned that there were many, many RPG elements that were introduced in Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, that I thought were introduced later in the series. Uh, So you have kind of this, you know, world map of towns that you can go back and forth from. Uh, You have experience leveling, so you collect hearts, uh, which increase your experience. Um, You have this currency and item purchasing that you didn't have in the previous uh, Castlevania. You have an inventory that you can access, uh, and you have a day and night system. Um, So I remember the day and night system in titles like Friday the 13th, but I can't really remember uh, a a day and night system before 1988, before this. Um, And I believe uh, I was listening to an episode of Retronauts, uh, which is a fantastic podcast. And they were talking about, you know, this probably not being the first time that day and night system was you know, fully developed, uh, but certainly the first time they could remember as well. Uh, so that was very, very interesting for sure. Um, and I didn't know this, but according to Wikipedia, uh, after the player defeats Dracula, there are three possible endings based on the time taken to complete the game. So the best ending is achieved when the player beats the game in eight game days. So I always loved when there were multiple endings to a game, uh, so pretty cool to see that, you know, back in 1988, uh, game developers were already starting to work that into uh, their their NES titles and their games. So this, to me, uh, you know, kind of feels like the beginning of the Metroidvania naming convention that later came about, uh, you know, probably after Symphony of the Night was released for PlayStation. But this style of exploration adventure Uh, was starting to become popularized in 1988, and it would definitely be expanded upon in the future with a lot of sequels to these titles. 
Uh, but this definitely laid the groundwork uh, and, and it's pretty awesome. So let's check out some music and uh, we'll be right back. So back to the feature of Nintendo Power. Uh, first, Nintendo Power features the different types of whips that you can purchase and acquire throughout. So you have the leather whip, the thorn whip, the chain whip, the morning star, and the flame whip. And these look awesome. So the illustrations in Nintendo Power, uh, if you were a kid at the time, uh, these these whips uh, definitely probably got you really, really excited to want to play this game and go uh, whip some zombie and Dracula butt. Um, search by day and into the dark hours of night. Uh, so the cool thing about the time changing in Castlevania is that when the sun would go down, enemies would become stronger. Uh, towns that were traditionally populated with townsfolk would be populated by monsters. So it didn't just change like the art style at night. Uh, but the actual game changed, the gameplay changed, which was really, really cool. Uh, and again, probably very unique for that town, uh, for that time period. So Nintendo Power goes through and gives you tips to get through certain sections, tells you who to talk to in the different towns, what items you need to pick up, what clues you need to find. I have pretty much a full set of maps and a walkthrough for a large portion of the game. And it actually doesn't take you through the entire game, which I thought was was pretty nice, you know. So it would be unfortunate if this just spoiled the entire game for you. Uh, but, you know, the last page of the feature says, the quest continues. Ahead of you lies the difficult task of finding the last two remaining parts of the evil Count Dracula. So the nail and his ancient ring, uh, you have to go find those and then confront uh the, the ultimate darkness, Count Dracula. Uh, but yes, this this uh, feature uh, here for Simon's Quest definitely got you hyped to want to play this game. Uh, definitely brought you through to find the first three uh, pieces or three parts of Count Dracula and provided you with all the clues to get through the, 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 the greater portion of this game. Um, we're going to listen to a little bit more music uh, get back and then we'll talk a little bit about the history and, and my personal reflections on this game.
All right, let's dig into some history behind Castlevania 2. So I'm going to botch every single Japanese name on this podcast. I totally apologize in advance. But the credited composers for the music of Castlevania are Satoi Terashima and Kenichi Matsubara. I am totally sorry for that. This uh, soundtrack uh, for Castlevania 2 features some classics like Bloody Tears and The Silence of Daylight. Uh, really, really fantastic classic video game music. And these songs get rearranged for future Castlevania epi- uh, future Castlevania games, uh, which is pretty cool. And even the plot gets referenced. Uh, the themes of the plot get referenced in future games as well. So this certainly does become a classic in the series. Uh, the soundtrack is, is top-notch. I really enjoyed the soundtrack. Being kind of a heavy metal guy myself, uh, it certainly has that feel. And there are a lot of heavy metal acts out there that actually have covered uh, these songs. So if you YouTube Castlevania 2 covers, uh, there's a lot of great covers out there. You know, the other thing I remember about Castlevania 2 at this time was there was a lot of cool merch around Simon's Quest. I remember uh, Tiger uh, put out those handheld uh, kind of like uh, LCD pixelated uh LCD pixelated games and I remember I I think I had the handheld for this one Um, and they also put out those little uh, watches those little LCD watches where you can play games right on your wristwatch Uh, and Simon's Quest uh, had that treatment as well and then later in 1989 Simon Belmont would be on the Captain N team on one of my favorite cartoons Captain N the Game Master. Uh, so this was a really cool mashup cartoon. Mega Man, Metroid, uh, Simon Belmont. There was a big walking Game Boy. Uh, this was a really, really bizarre and interesting cartoon. And it was cool to see Simon Belmont of Castlevania uh, featured in that show. So to be completely honest, I've never played Castlevania 2 prior to this past week. I started it up. I played it for about an hour or so, and it was pretty, pretty difficult uh, by today's standards. Uh, So I got super frustrated. I apologize. I was on vacation, uh, not not how I wanted to spend my vacation, getting frustrated with Castlevania 2. I did enjoy the game, though. Uh, I definitely see how it is a classic. I watched a lot of gameplay videos uh, leading up to recording this episode, so I caught a, a whole bunch of it. And I certainly agree with a lot of the positive and negative reviews out there. Um, Some of the negative reviews definitely focusing on the lack of direction on, you know, what clues you need and where to go next, what items you need to get. Um, And and some of the negative reviews also talked about the difficulty. But the positive reviews uh, really just, you know, emphasizing the type of game that was being created uh, for being kind of, you know, just miles beyond what was out there at the time uh, and also just laying the groundwork uh, for a lot of future action adventure exploration titles uh, that were going to follow this model, um, which is pretty great. But yes, the graphics, the music, everything is is definitely top notch for 1988. This is certainly uh, a, a video game pinnacle uh, for its time. And I was playing it on the 3DS Virtual Console, uh, which allows for save states. Uh, So I may actually go play through this at some point and rely heavily on those save states so I can get through it with the least amount of frustration. Uh, I wish you could actually use Game Genie codes on 3DS Virtual Console uh, so I can just kind of pop on some Game Genie codes and blaze through the game. 
Uh, but yes, if you want to play this game, um, you know, without Nintendo Power, I don't know how you would know what to do or where to go um, at, at back in 1988. Certainly now you can Google FAQs and figure out what to do or watch some YouTube videos. Uh, but yes, this is a classic NES title. And if you've never played it and you like the Castlevania games like me, definitely try it out. I recommend it. You know, it's worth the five bucks or whatever uh, to, to pick it up on Virtual Console uh, and give it a shot. back with more Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, this particular segment of issue number two of Nintendo Power goes through uh, stages 3-1 through 3-3 of Super Mario Brothers 2. And it talks a little bit about character selection, talks a little bit about warp pipes. Uh, I really think um, Nintendo Power, well, not think, I know that Nintendo Power was just a really great vehicle uh, for moving some of these first-party titles. So I'm not surprised one bit that they brought back Super Mario Bros. 2 for another issue. Uh, but yeah, we, we reintroduced the powers here. When you say jump, Luigi says how high. Toad, he moves like a Maserati, but fast. Try him for coin collection. You'll see he's got a heart of gold. Princess Toadstool is back. Um, one of the highlights of Mario 1, uh, I, I remember, was the warp zones. And I remember, you know... Everyone knew where they were, uh, and you can kind of zip around to different worlds by jumping into warp tubes. And Mario 2 had something similar. Uh, they had their own version of the magic shortcut uh, where you would pick up these magic potions, you would drop them down, they would open up a door, and when you entered that door, you would be in kind of this alternate world that they called subspace. Uh, so it was all about finding the right place in the map to place the potion that will take you to the warp zone. Uh, and I, I was playing through this game again. Uh, I played all the way through it and my, my memory failed me. I couldn't remember where any of the warp zones were, but as a kid, I remembered, uh, I, I remember as a kid that I knew where they all were, uh, because I was playing through and I only remembered certain worlds, uh, which indicated to me that I skipped a lot. I skipped around a lot when I was playing this game as a kid. Uh, so this issue shows you more maps, more tips, how to beat a few enemies like Ostro and Mouser. And if you want to learn more about Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, and check out some of Nintendo Power's coverage, uh, definitely check out episode one of the Power Time podcast. Uh, swing on back. Check that out if you haven't already. Uh, that's powertimepodcast.com slash one if you want to check that uh, episode out. So next up in the magazine, we have a few pages uh, on one of my favorite NES games ever, and that is Renegade. So here's a direct quote from Nintendo Power. You aren't looking for trouble, but boy, did you find it. 
Downtown at 2 a.m., you're surrounded by local toughs looking for a quick score. You hate to ruin their fun, but enough is enough. It's time to put these punks in their place, face down. So Renegade is a classic beat-em-up title. Uh, the cover art to Renegade had one of the best taglines, and I'll, I'll always remember this. The tagline to Renegade was, 2 a.m. is no time to be alone in the subway, and you're about to find out why. Uh, so Renegade was developed by Technos. It was released by Tato, uh, and this was just such a great pick-up-and-play game. I remember spending a lot of time with it as a kid, um, and I remember spending a lot of time with it in my teens, too. Uh, really just one of the few Nintendo games that I went back to and, and played. Again, having Game Genie for this game was a lot of fun because you could just kind of blaze through the game without worrying about anything uh, and just have fun beating up a bunch of punks. Uh, so next up, we have RC Pro-Am. RC Pro-Am was a racing game from Rare. Uh, this is another classic Nintendo title, and there's some tips uh, and screenshots here, some illustrations of some of the tracks that you drove in RC Prime was a racing game. Um, this and Rad Racer uh, were like the first racing games that I remember playing. And I recently picked up uh, Rare Replay for the Xbox One. It was actually the first Xbox One title that I purchased. And RC Pro-Am 1 and 2 are packed in that collection of games. Uh, so if you want to play RC Pro-Am... I'm sure there's a lot of ways that you can play it, but Rare Replay for the Xbox One is a great way to to get into it because you'll also get access to a bunch of other great Rare titles like Battletoads and uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, etc. Moving ahead, we've got some classified information. So again, classified information was all about uh, special strategies uh, directly from the developers of the games. Kid Nikki, Radical Ninja. I've never heard of this, uh, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, we have Renegade. Renegade is back. You can skip to specific levels in Renegade by holding up on the controller pad to uh, press down, down, up, up, right, left, and start on controller pad one. Uh, so again, these really super bizarre uh, codes that you can input. This one for Renegade using both controller pads. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, there are some secrets for Kid Icarus. Uh, again, another popular title back then. Very challenging. Uh, so the secrets were certainly helpful for readers. Next up, we have a one-page Howard and Nestor comic. In this adventure, uh, Howard teases Nestor uh, that he gets his cheats from Nintendo Power as Nestor tries to impress other kids. Uh, this, is, this is a good one. Um, Howard definitely calls out Nestor. Uh, for for using Nintendo Power to become the game master that he pretends to be. Up next, we have Counselor's Corner. So Counselor's Corner is where people ask questions and the counselors answer them. So the first question is, in the first quest of The Legend of Zelda, where is level 7? So very simple, simple questions like that. Um, More difficult questions... Uh, like how do I defeat the mini-bosses Ridley and Kraid in Metroid? Zelda's second quest. I've looked everywhere, but I can't find the raft. Uh, So a lot of interesting questions coming in here. Okay, moving on past Counselor's Corner. It looks like we have a very detailed profile for an upcoming title. (laughs) 
New York City, a helicopter transporting a deadly cargo of the bacteriological agent known as Cassandra G suddenly erupts in a fireball near the Statue of Liberty. The CIA blames the incident on a Russian KGB agent whose skills with the M16 rifle is legendary. His name is Golgo 13. So for now playing, Nintendo Power features Golgo 13. I've never played this game. Uh, the Nintendo Power feature here shows off some character profiles. It feels a little Metal Gear-ish, uh, James Bond-ish. Um, definitely looks great. So this kind of spy, espionage, thriller type game. It gets six pages of details and screenshots. The art style looks really cool. Lots of illustrations. Lots of, again, varied gameplay. So the screenshots definitely show varied gameplay. Some first-person stuff. Uh, some side-scrolling stuff. I'm, I'm going to have to check this out uh, for sure and get back to uh, you listeners out there on Golgo 13. Possibly it gets featured in a future issue as well. So if that's the case, uh, I'll definitely give it some play time and then report back. All right, moving ahead. Next up for now playing is another personal favorite. We mentioned this briefly last episode. It was uh, it received a very brief blurb in Packwatch. And that game is Blaster Master. This game was released by Sunsoft. The story was just outrageous. So this is the story of a boy named Jason and his frog, Fred. And uh, in the beginning sequence, Fred escapes from the bowl, escapes from the yard. And I believe he jumps down a sewer grate uh, or, you know, falls into a hole or something very, very strange. Um, but the, the main premise is you kind of drove around in this armored vehicle that had these various weapons that you could power up. Uh, but you also had the option of getting out of the vehicle and traveling by foot. Uh, so there was some great varied gameplay here as well. It was really just from what I remember, a fun experience to pick up and play. It was very, very challenging. It was outrageously difficult, but you were just this boy, Jason, who was trying to save uh, his pet frog, Fred. Uh, there's not a lot of details in this magazine spread, mostly just uh, some promotional copy, um, some screenshots, some talk about the gameplay, the different weapons, and a lot of screenshots of the different stages. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, and I'm curious to see if Blaster Master gets featured in a future issue of Nintendo Power, uh, and we'll cover that uh, if that's the case. So next up for video shorts, again, video shorts are just quick rundowns of the latest NES packs uh, that have just been released or soon to be released. Uh, Xenophobe, Cellcross, Superman, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf, 1943 by Capcom, Jackal by Konami, Hudson's Adventure Island, which was a true classic, uh, Mag Max, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, Defender 2, Joust, Millipede, Xevious, and Galaga. So there was a nice wave of arcade titles uh, that were released, and they all get a nice feature here uh, as the classics, you know, these video game masterpieces to add to your collection. Uh, so now you can play all these great games on your home console, on your NES. Uh, there was a real boom of titles in 1988, heading into 89. And this was when the Nintendo craze was peaking, I think. You know, 1989 uh, was definitely, you know, Mario 
everywhere, uh, Nintendo everywhere. Uh, everyone was playing, everyone was talking about it, everyone had one. Uh, I was late to the game in 1990, but certainly on my block, in my neighborhood, uh, Nintendo was incredibly popular in 89. Uh, I was watching the cartoons, watching Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, so this was the, the peak, uh, and it was really getting, getting huge here in the U.S., so moving ahead to Packwatch, again, this is a look into the crystal ball, a look into the future of NES titles. Um, here's one of my favorite things uh, that I've come across so far in reading these Nintendo Power issues. Dear Zelda, I'm here in Kyoto with my programmer, Mr. Miyamoto, and I'm afraid I have some bad news to tell you. Are you sitting down? That's right, you're lying down. Anyway, they tell me I will not be able to begin my journey until the new year. It has something to do with computer chips or something. I know we hope to spend the holidays together, but I'm sure you can hold on a little bit longer. I miss you desperately. Yours forever, Link. Note, sorry for the bad news. Link will be available in very limited quantities in November. So... Here we have a letter from Link himself to announce the delay of Link. And, you know, it just goes to show that these delays, they've been around forever, folks. Um, so Ghostbusters, uh, who are you going to call? Game Counselors, Mickey Mouse from Capcom, Paperboy, Tecmo Bowl, WWF WrestleMania, Track and Field 2, John Elway's quarterback. We still have these great sports titles uh, being featured for the NES. Star Trek, Racket Attack. Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, two games from, I believe, LGN. Anticipation, Bubble Bobble, the Sesame Street games, which were very popular amongst kids, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, California Games, and Skate or Die, TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original title, and RoboCop. So these were all games that were uh, under Packwatch, you know, so games to keep your eye on soon to be released. Uh, up next, we have another marketing research giveaway, the NES journal section. We have an article pushing the power set. So the power set was a new NES package uh, that was going to be in stores that was going to include the power pad, control deck, two controllers, the zapper, plus three games on one triple play game pack. And that was Duck Hunt, Super Mario Brothers, and World Class Track Meet. Uh, so I remember this this package. I remember this bundle uh, that started showing up right before the holidays. And this was the bundle that, that came with the power pad. And I remember my cousin had the power pad and we would just play world-class track meet all day long whenever I would go visit them, um, which was pretty cool. Next, we have a profile uh, from Rare Limited's founders, uh, Chris and Tim Stamper. Uh, at the time, Rare was 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 definitely known for Slalom, Wizards and Warriors, and RC Pro-Am. And, of course, Rare as a company would go on to develop, you know, Battletoads, Donkey Kong Country, Killer Instinct, GoldenEye, and Banjo-Kazooie. So there is a huge future uh, ahead for Rare. Um, Chris says, and I quote, It takes a lot of hard work plus an incredible capacity for having fun. My mantra for the Power Time podcast uh, as well. So, you know, it's a lot of hard work, but it, it takes an incredible capacity for having fun. And I think that's uh, what video games are all about. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing this podcast because I have such fond memories of the fun that I had 
as a kid and even picking up a lot of these titles now um, and playing them through as quote unquote research for the podcast has been a ton of fun. Um, so it's just been a total blast. So next, you know, not to be outdone by last issue, Nintendo's two cents on current events comes through last issue. You might remember if you listened to episode one, uh, they interviewed uh, the cast members of Full House and Growing Pains. Uh, and in issue two, uh, they're giving a fall TV preview. Um, did you know that there was a Dirty Dancing TV show? I did not know that, but I know that now. So TV 101, Nightwatch, and Dirty Dancing. Um, we have some celebrity profiles of three NFL players, Eric Dickerson, Ron Morris, and Sean Jones. So if you want to hear about how they play NES on the road as uh, professional athletes, uh, how they struggle with defeating Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out, uh, definitely check out those profiles. Uh, we have some more letters from Mailbox. We have NES Achievers again, which is the top scores as sent in through photographs from uh, Nintendo Power readers. We have the Video Spotlight, um, which is Power Players on uh, players just like you sharing your own tips, which is pretty cool. We have Power Player Profile, and this is... Uh, Pete the Natural Bryn uh, from Windsor, Connecticut, age 17. I wonder what Pete's doing now. Uh, so this is when a player sends in kind of their favorite game, their greatest video game accomplishment, um, special strategies that they want to share, and uh, future Nintendo games that they're excited for. Uh, so those are the, the talking points uh, for the Power Player profiles, um, which was cool. And they show a little picture of uh, Pete here rocking his mullet and uh next up we have the top 30 um so as always the top 30 is going to change uh from month to month or issue to issue uh the top 10 of the top 30 in this particular issue we have number one the legend of zelda number two mike tyson's punch out we have metroid at number three number four super mario brothers number five kid icarus Number six, Double Dragon. Number seven, Ice Hockey. Number eight, RC Pro-Am. Number nine, Rad Racer. And number 10, RBI Baseball. So I, I actually found this to be quite bizarre. Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, is number 28, and Zelda 2 is number 17. And these games uh, were either not released yet or released in very, very small quantities. Uh, so players are so excited about these not yet released uh, titles like Link uh, that they're already ranked. They already ranked it high on their list. Uh, so watch out, Zelda One. Uh, so that's gonna pretty much wrap up this issue of Nintendo Power, uh, issue number two, really focusing on Simon's Quest, uh, Castlevania Two. And, of course, issue number two will, will always be remembered for its horrific cover that gave children nightmares. Uh, but coming up in next issue, the November-December issue of Nintendo Power, issue number three, uh, we're going to be featuring Track and Field 2. Okay, here we go. We are going to be featuring Blaster Master, and we're going to be featuring a giant holiday giveaway. So those were the three big uh, featuring points for the next issue of Nintendo Power. So if you were a kid back then, Reading issue number two, uh, you certainly were begging your parents to fill out that subscription card so that you could get 
the giant holiday giveaway uh, promotion details. Uh, we have another letter here from Howard Phillips. And the final ad, the, the back cover ad, uh, you can get a free power pin if you gift a subscription, which is pretty cool. Okay, that was the inside cover ad. Uh, the actual back cover ad is Power Tools. Uh, so here we have the NES gamepad, the zapper, but we also have the NES Max controller and the NES Advantage joystick. Uh, these were special controllers that were being sold at the time from Nintendo and they are packed into a toolbox. Uh, and the tagline here, the only thing out of your control will be your scores. Uh, so if you wanted to be a pro, you needed these power tools. So yes, power players, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Be sure to check out episode one if you haven't already and tune in next week as we dig into issue number three, track and field two. Uh, if you'd be so kind, if you enjoyed this episode, a great way to support the show is to leave me a review on iTunes. An honest review is fantastic and really helps me to improve the show and grow the community. You can do that by visiting powertimepodcast.com slash iTunes. The music featured on this show is as follows. First, we heard the unofficial theme for the Power Time Podcast, that is Eat My Chips by Azor Flux. After that, we heard Mariachi Entertainment System performing Bloody Tears, the theme from Castlevania II, Simon's Quest. After that, we heard another rendition of Bloody Tears, and that is Castlevania II, Woods, as performed by The Advantage. After that, we heard The Silence of Daylight, also from Castlevania II, as performed by The One-Ups. Then we heard Altered Beasts perform the Overworld theme, an acoustic version of the Overworld theme uh, from Super Mario Brothers 2. And after that, we heard the theme from Golgo 13, Top Secret Episode, as performed by Careless Juja. So this music uh, that was featured in this episode is awesome, awesome music performed by incredible musicians, really talented artists. And if you want to listen to these artists and support them, uh, go to powertimepodcast.com slash two. Uh, it'll take you to the show notes for this episode. And I list all of the artists uh, and links to their Facebook pages, Bandcamp pages, Louder FM, uh, wherever you can purchase or stream uh, their music and just continue to support these artists in doing what they're doing. And of course, if you want to get into our private Facebook community, uh, Power Time Unlocked, you can check out powertimepodcast.com slash unlocked. Uh, sign up for our email newsletter. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll keep you up to date with new episodes and also share some fun facts that I learned along the way. Uh, so again, I want to thank you for your time and attention. If you made it this far, um, I'm having a blast producing these episodes and I hope that you are having a blast listening. With that, I'm Tom Tate signing off. Keep on playing with power.